0: Bible figures walked in the land of the living. In Hebrews 11:7, by faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. I hadn't seen Friday night when I wrote this down. Moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of the household. Nor mentioned to me in pre-service prayer that I should have had a boat. By which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. It's kind of nice by when you're walking by faith that you hear God warn you. And have you, if you've heard me tell my story over the last couple of years that I felt like God had told me I was going to have cancer, I told I felt like when I finally um, had back problems and I went got an MRI, that he had told me the MRI was going to show something different. So when I found out I had cancer, I felt like I had enough leeway, so I was doing good. He didn't tell me that the water was going to flood my house the other night. So sometimes we don't hear God, but then he does say, in this world, we're going to have trials and tribulations. It gave me more of a heart for the people who have been through fires and lost everything, or been through floods back east all this year. Constantly, every almost every day, we hear of uh, torrential downpours and storms that are inundating houses, and people are getting flooded out of their homes. In Hebrews eleven eight through ten, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Isn't that our life? Isn't that what frustrates us about this natural life, about our walk in this land of the living? Is that we don't know what's going to happen. I'm kind of glad I didn't know this on Thursday that I was going to have to not get any sleep on Friday, but, you know, it's the way it is. By faith he dealt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him, of the same promise. For he waited for the city which was has foundations whose builder and maker is God. You know, I was a little disturbed, you know, sleeping on the couch. You know, not sleeping first and then sleeping last night, getting some sleep. But you know what I was more disturbed about about my natural life of having so many promises that God has given to me about seeing our church grow and hearing testimonies of people being sent out and doing the work of God around the world, of seeing different places in our church take on leadership and have new departments grow. Remember things that God has said to me in a Sunday service like this of promises that I'm still waiting for. And yet in the land of the living, that's probably my biggest um, hurt I have, is waiting to see God do what he wanted to see, do what what he said he would do. Especially deep in my heart, it's more about people seeing people saved, seeing people really take a heart to be a follower of Jesus, and not just a, uh, what I can get out of Jesus or just fire insurance, but really being able to surrender their life and say, I want to follow you, Jesus. That's kind of what my heart is, where my heart is this morning. I know we're going to deal with water, but the summer's here. How do we see the Lord here in our land where we live? Well, most of you know the answer. We have to see it by faith. We have to see it from our heart. We have doubts. The disciples had doubts. The end of Matthew talks about he's ready to go back and it said some doubted. And they see resurrection. They've seen all the miracles. Some doubted. But you can have doubts in your soul and what you're seeing in your mind. But faith is of the heart. Faith is what causes you to get up and to believe that you're going to see. That something's going to happen because God said and your heart is a possessor of the relationship with God and the presence of God and so your heart can tell your soul, I believe. I believe I'm going to see the goodness of God. I believe I'm going to see God like that song says, I'm going to see God do it again. It's the faith that probably got us all here today because we all have something we're we're challenged with, something we're waiting on, something that's troubling us. And you may come in here and wear a good face but deep down inside there's that one thing that's bothering you. I tell you, God sees. We have to be seeing the promise in the land of the living. In Hebrews eleven thirteen, these and Maya prophesied today. Abraham, Sarah, Joseph, Moses all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, having seen them by faith. We are assured of them, embrace them, and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Even though they did not see the promises, they say, and they see God by faith their faith, even in the natural life. Faith sees God in the land of the living, in daily life. Our key verse today is Psalms twenty-seven thirteen, and David wrote this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Is there something that you need to see God's goodness today? Hold that before God today. Say, God, I want to see. God, I want to see This, I want to see this part of your goodness for me in my natural life, in my daily life, in my land of the living, in the land I live in. Don't lose heart. Here is the faith challenge, to believe we see God's goodness or we'll see it again. In Ecclesiastes 3.1, Solomon said, to everything there is a season you might have to wait till your season's over. You cannot rush spring. It's going to come at the right moment, at the right time. Solomon also said, Time and chance come to everybody. As I talked to different people, I realized, you know, people have gone through a lot of different things. That when I, have to, when I go through it, people have already gone through it. What you're struggling with, someone has possibly already gone through. But yet, in your fellowship and connection in the body of Christ, you can find that there's support for you, that you're going to make it. And they can encourage you as they were encouraged. Our, our old, good old standby scripture, Romans eight twenty eight. 28. And we know, how do we know? We know by faith that all things work together for good. Why? Because we've accepted Jesus Christ and we started walking with him. And he doesn't lie to those he loves and gave his life for. This is our guarantee that we will see God We will see the goodness that he has for us in the land of the living. What of God's goodness can you see? I think sometimes we have to keep looking back. Don't be distracted by the thing you're waiting for, the thing you might be angry with God about. What do you see? Open your eyes and see the goodness of God around you. See the goodness. I'm thankful for insurance. Didn't like the water, but I have insurance. Eugene Peters wrote this about the land of the living. Life is the land that Christians live in, frequently named in the Psalms as the land of the living. Then he talks about God talk. When the life leaks out of what we say and write, teach and pray, especially when are using sterile, lifeless language that objectifies the words like God, Jesus, prayer, believe, we are left with nothing but God talk. Ever been in a season where you know all the right things? Maybe you're even telling people the right things, but they feel lifeless without God's power, without strength. Those times and those seasons you might be able to say you're taking God's name in vain. Religious words become lifeless and absent from their power. Perhaps it's time to be quiet, to be able to just listen to the Lord's voice. When God gives words, he gives words full of power in John 8, 26, the last part of the verse, Jesus said, I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Jesus prepared our way for the Father. It's all about relationship with, through Jesus so that we could know God. Why? So we could hear him. So our heart could listen to his voice and we could find the comfort and the promises that we need to live this life in a natural world. To live life in the land of the living. In John 8:46, the first part of the verse, Jesus said, He who is of God hears God's words. So really, we don't have an excuse not to hear from God. We just probably have to tune in and listen to him a little more closely. Sometimes we get disconnected from the Holy Spirit's power. Eugene Peters goes on saying this, language used in relation to the Holy God, disconnected from our ordinary lives, language that gets flattened into ideas or advice or rules, unstoried God talk, do you ever get like that as a Christian? Sometimes you're in conversations, you're just ready to give a scripture. You're ready to give a, the antidote. I've been in like that. Lately, I've just been keeping my mouth shut and listening. Because a lot of times people just need to talk. And especially if they're your brother and sister, though the word's in their heart anyway, but they just need to have an ear where someone really cares and knows and wants to listen to them. Eugene Peters goes on, Soon enough, that relational connectedness And personal intimacy would be abstracted into ideas, into acts, into service of roles, into persons reduced to a function instead of a presence. It is the presence of our God that we're going to see in our land of the living. That's why He's given us promises, and that's why as we're waiting, it's because we're going to see. There is no substitute for being connected to God. Being religious, you know, sometimes when we get business, especially as Christians who've been doing this for a while, It's so easy to just go through the formalities and go through the motions. But there's no real substitute for being connected. And you know how it is when you connect with God, how your heart feels. Next, one eight, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Jesus said, you will be witnesses to me. That means you're going to see. And maybe you're kind of burnt out. Maybe you've been overwhelmed by problems or circumstances, heaviness of heart, things that have disillusioned you. Well, today... The Holy Spirit wants to, wants to fill you again. He wants to recharge you. All through the New Testament, it talks about being filled again with the Holy Spirit, being refreshed, times of refreshing coming. It's because we need to have faith, and our faith is recharged by the presence of God so that we can see or we can recognize when God has done something that we've been waiting for. God is our refuge and our portion. In Psalms 142.5, I cry to you, Lord, I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Is God the person you call on? Is he the one you reach out for? I was thinking when I was, I rushed down here to church on uh, Saturday morning at at 12 in the morning to borrow the wet and dry vacuum. Was I praying? No. Because in my relationship with God, I know somehow he allowed it, and I knew he was with me, but I had to put some feet To the water problem. We cry out because life in the land of the living makes no sense to us. I'm thinking, this makes no sense, but I guess it's something I have to deal with, just like people deal with stuff every day. God is my refuge, a safe place to come to. Sometimes you need a safe place. Sometimes your closest friends aren't close enough, and sometimes it's God's will that they're not close enough because he wants you to connect with him. He wants you to know by experience that he's your safe place. He's your refuge. Life in the land of the living is dangerous. How many know life is dangerous? Robert, you just went through it with your surgery. Life is dangerous, huh? But we need a refuge. Robert, Jesus come to you, and he's going to bring you strength as you recover. He's my portion. He's my territory. He's my inheritance. No one can take the territory of having God in your life, a bigger God than your problems, a bigger God than your limited expectations. God of your inheritance. He's your legacy. Maybe you had parents that weren't there. <clears throat> maybe you didn't have any parents at all. Maybe they, they didn't leave you anything. Well, God becomes your inheritance. God becomes your legacy. God becomes what you need. He's your share in life. We need to experience something here and something for eternity. We need to see God move in our land of the living. And we need that constant hope that our heart knows we're going to go home and see him. We're going we're to go home to a better life, a life that we can't even imagine how good it's going to be. Do you know your spiritual portions this morning? Do you recognize it? Do you see it? Matthew Henry wrote a commentary on Psalms 142.5. This psalm, also attributed to David, was written when he was in the cave. Are you in a cave today? He was fleeing from Saul. Are you running from something? The psalmist cried to the Lord for help, for God was the only one he could depend on. David was utterly helpless before his enemies, And no one seemed to care for his life. Are you in that place today where you feel like no one cares about you? Is the enemy telling you your life is worthless? God has value in it. God can use it. We are reminded that in our life, in this land of the living, we are with the Lord. All the scriptures are always telling us that he's with us. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But yet we constantly feel left alone and forsaken. It's just part of our life in the land of the living. Our life in the land of living defies the fact that God is with us. Your circumstances are going to defy the fact that God is with you. Life re- here requires waiting. In Psalms 27, 14, David tells us, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Do you realize this verse is the very next verse after our key scripture? in Psalms 27, 13, where Jesus said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David learned that there was a process of waiting to see the goodness of God. How many times have we given up short of seeing God's goodness because maybe we took life into our own hands and then we made a bigger problem? Anybody ever do that? Where you were waiting for God but then you did your own plan B and it turned out, oh my David knew by experience. He was anointed at 16 to be king. He didn't become king until he was 30 years old. We must wait on the Lord to see again and again his goodness. That song we sang today, I believe that we'll see it again. I remember Andrea saying, suggesting that we do that song and I I remember there was a prophetic thought amongst our advisors and our uh, intercessors that were there with us as we just got away to pray and seek God about this year that it was an overwhelming thing that we were going to see God in our lives do things that we need to see done that would encourage our faith in him, that we have faith in a living God, a God who's active in every part and aspect of our life. We do believe that we'll see it again. And reflecting on what the intercessor said to me on Thursday about being stretched, I remember the first time I was prophesied over the prophet saying that I'm going to stretch you. That's scary when God says he's going to stretch you. Because that means he's going to push you out of your comfort zone. He's going to do things and cause circumstances to come to you that you're out of your control, but it's how God moves. And so I was laying on the couch last night, and I just thought about this scripture, 2 Corinthians 12.10. Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong, because God's power manifests himself in our life.